chapter nine of prince or chauffeur a story of newport by lawrence perry this librivox recording is in the public domain armitage changes his vocation half an hour after the incident at trinity armitage hurried from the little ferry-boat which had just landed him at the torpedo station and made his way to the house of the storekeeper who was out of course he had gone to providence his wife said and would return about four o'clock armitage took the key to the shops only to find when he entered that the storekeeper's books were in the safe the combination to which he did not know this by no means improved his temper and he began to blunder about the office in a dragnet search finally when he found himself kicking over chairs which were in his way in his aimless course the humour of the situation came to him he sat down upon a tool-chest and laughed aloud clearly there was nothing for him to do in the absence of jackson except go to his dinner which he did a few minutes before three o'clock he went to the office again and sat down to wait for yeeski he gave the man half an hour over time and then nodded grimly and dismissed any lingering notion he might have entertained concerning his honesty when the storekeeper appeared some time later armitage was still at his desk idly drawing diagrams on a pad mr jackson he said i hate to bother you to-day but things have happened which seem to make it necessary to check those parts now armitage arose briskly the storekeeper waved his hands oh i checked them up this morning he said everything straight snapped armitage why yes jackson fumbled in his desk here is the sheet armitage seized it and glanced up and down the various items bully work mr jackson he looked up with a sigh of relief everything seems correct george that takes a load off my mind let's see he went down the list with his finger i understand you don't i he said handing the sheet to the storekeeper understand i mean this is a list taken from the tally sheet of parts all of which you have found to be in the office in other words he added rapidly everything that appears on this sheet is now at the present time inside this office yes everything except the storekeeper paused an instant looking at armitage with sudden doubt except what cried the officer impatiently why that special core of the magnetic control you have that haven't you it isn't in the shop isn't in the shop well where the devil is it then why exclaimed the storekeeper no one ever handled that but you not even yeeski you never let any one even see it i remember how careful you have been about that i know armitage rose from his chair but it was never out of the shop it was always in the big safe have you looked there he turned to jackson hopefully but the storekeeper shook his head are you sure you have looked everywhere it is not in the shop i thought sure you must have it does it was it vitally important important armitage threw himself into a chair and put his feet on the desk well jackson i fancy you might call it so damn the storekeeper whistled i shall have the rooms of the workmen searched just one room please and quickly will you rejoined armitage yeeski's 
he is the only man who would have known its value give my compliments to the superintendent and ask him for someone to help you as the storekeeper departed joe thornton entered the office any luck jack rotten the magnetic control of the model is gone i was right this morning and you were wrong joe yeesky got it why didn't i keep my hands on him when i had him something told me to the deuce thornton regarded his friend with a grave face is it very serious does it give the whole snap away it gives about ninety per cent more away than pleases me it would take some genius long nights of labor to supply the other ten per cent even with the aid of the plans which no doubt yeesky has copied that is there are one or two things that i kept off the paper kept in my head he paced up and down the floor but other men have heads too that thing has got to be returned the quicker the better well thornton smiled encouragingly yeesky can't get out of the country and he'll be caught before he dopes the thing out even if he has mailed or expressed it it can be held up before it leaves this country you had the control in the model torpedo last night have you wired i sent a general call to the secret service for him to boston new york and washington they are holding the telegrams as long as letters at the telegraph office for release i have also a wire to the department on file telling what has happened i wrote before i knew what was gone so i wouldn't have to lie in case he took what he did take yes agreed thornton there is no use in letting on how bad it really is thornton was growing quite optimistic yeesky can't get away you'll have the thing back here within three days armitage smiled not through capturing yeesky he hasn't it now you don't suppose he is enough of a fool to risk being caught with the goods do you he got that thing off his hands quick transferred it who to armitage shrugged his shoulders to prince coldsoft coldsoft how do you know how do i know anything that isn't as plain as a pikestaff common sense prince coltsoff has that thing right now armitage grinned the noble guest of the house of ronald wellington playing the spy and rather successfully quite an interesting society item eh thornton did not smile look here old man what is your drift prince coltsoff old boy this is serious it is nothing to smile about say do you know what this means oh no said armitage sarcastically oh i don't mean the loss to yourself and the government i mean the politics of it jack every nation knows about that torpedo you know the attaches that have been snooping round here on one pretence or another since you have been working japan knows about it you know her situation with russia russia gets your torpedo what's japan going to do what will england say how can the government prove it was stolen oh we can say so but we'd say so anyway wouldn't we how will you look thornton threw up his hands and confronted armitage i tell you jack it's a nasty mess your status in the matter will size up about like a pin-point at washington you've got to catch yeesky somehow fine bright boy armitage twisted a newspaper in his hands broke it and tossed the two ends away i don't want yeesky i tell you you're off the track i want coltsoff the secret service fellows can go after yeesky it's perfectly certain he turned that control over to coltsoff after if not before i held him up he knew he was suspected anyway the russian was undoubtedly here to receive it why else would he be here and wellington so the saunterer says armitage turned quickly upon his friend and brother officer and nothing he fairly snarled i remember about coltsoff now 
worcester was once attache at st petersburg and told me all about him last summer he's just a plain ordinary piking crook but he's up against the wrong kind of diplomacy this time i'll get him before he leaves newport and choke that magnetic control out of him come over to the destang a minute joe i want to show you something well mr jackson cleaned out i thought so thank you i'm going to be away for a few days don't let anything be touched please let the work stop until i return come on joe in his cabin on the destang armitage pointed to several more or less disreputable garments lying on his berth say he said would a candidate for physical instructor for the wellington boys wear such clothes thornton looked hard at his friend for a minute and then his face broadened into a huge smile of understanding not if he wanted the job he said you'll make more of a hit as you are all right and now joe go into the yeoman's office like a good chap pick out a time-stained sheet of paper and typewrite a letter signing your name as captain of the nineteen so and so football eleven at annapolis saying that the bearer jack jack who mccall suggested thornton yes mccall saying that jack mccall had given great satisfaction as trainer for the eleven and was honest and god-fearing you know how to do it all right said thornton starting for the door he paused in the corridor say jack do you know you're taking all this mighty light he frowned this is serious armitage frowned too i know but i'll be serious enough before it's over i reckon you will said thornton dryly how do you expect to get the job anyway armitage shrugged his shoulders leave that to me he said oh joe are you going to be on the island for supper no not for supper he said i'll be over from newport about eleven o'clock though all right drop aboard then will you i want to see you right oh said thornton for some time after his departure armitage sat writing a document covering the case to date outlining his plans his suspicions and the like it turned out to be lengthy he sealed it in an envelope labelled it armitage versus coltsoft and locked it in a small safe in the yeoman's room one of the engineers force came in to say that they had made progress in repairing the boiler baffle plates designed to keep the funnels from torching when under high speed but that they were at the point where advice was needed armitage arose put on a suit of greasy overalls and went into the grimy vitals of the destroyer a wrench in one hand a chisel in the other in about ten minutes he had solved the problem explained it to the mechanics gathered about him and then demonstrated just how simple the remedial measures were all torpedo-boat officers do this more often than not it explains the blind fidelity with which the crews of craft of this sort accompany their officers without a murmur under the bows of swiftly moving battleships or through crowded ocean lanes at night without lights with lifeboats aboard having aggregate capacity for about half the crew armitage was alone at supper his junior taking tea aboard a german cruiser in the harbour with the coffee he lighted a cigar and half closed his eyes he marvelled at the strange thrill which had possessed him since thornton had gone the loss of that control was something which justified the gravest fears and deepest gloom and yet and yet whenever he thought about it he saw not yeasky nor coltsoff nor the torpedo just a tall flexible girl with wonderful hair and eyes and lips he puffed impatiently at his cigar hang it all he had gone to church that morning because he felt he had to see her and the mar had been a blank because he knew he should not be able to see her again but now well it looked as though he should see her 
swift blood tingled in his cheeks precisely at eleven thornton looked in armitage gave him the combination of the safe told him about the letter and explained how he expected to obtain employment they parted at midnight good-night jack said thornton placing his hand affectionately on his brother officer's shoulder now don't forget to dodge the interference and tackle low and if you want me phone consider me a minute man until you return thanks replied armitage oh joe will you mail this letter to the department his voice lowered as he added half humorously it seems almost a shame to set the dogs on a man who may prove to be a benefactor what asked thornton nothing good-night joe End of chapter 9